Welcome to Let's Get Information. My name is Alexa Silvaggio, and this, my friends, is a podcast for seekers, entrepreneurs, spirit junkies, and wellness lovers of all kinds. Each week, we'll be offering you inspiration, education, and co-creation that will help you cultivate an epic life. So let's dig deep, lift up, and thrive through these personal stories, tips, how-tos, and most importantly, great, rich truth. Hello, hello, my loves. Welcome to Let's Get Information podcast. I am so grateful and privileged to have the amazing Ryan Weiss on today. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me, and thank you for being in my life. I love you. I love you. We have um, we have quite a divine connection, Mr. Ryan White. So many. <laughs> you know, it's so weird. Like it trips me out in the best way. Um, Ryan, I look at you. I look at your newsletter. I look at what you offer on the interwebs. I look at who you are as an individual, and frankly, you inspire the shit out of me. And so I'm really excited to share your truth and wisdom with this audience. So mm. thank you. Takes one to know one. Yeah. Same. I'll say that we met because my partner was had had RSVP'd us for an event yes. with this magical fairy woman that he knew in New York <laughs> was speaking about body image and yes. body dysmorphia and eating disorders. Yes. And I was like, and now she's a yoga teacher and she used to be a dancer. And I'm like, I have to go to this. Yes. And he and I decided we were going to go together. And then last minute he couldn't go because of some work thing. And I was like, well, I'm still going. I and I went and so immediately honored. we fell, fell in love. I was like, oh, I see. <laughs> I see you. Yeah. I see you yeah. standing up there being vulnerable and sharing your kishkas and your darkness and your love and yes. I was like oh you're gonna be in my life uh-huh and I remember you being there and you know there were probably I don't know maybe 30 people it was like not a huge event um but I remember it was really one of my first events talking about body image and I remember looking out into the audience and seeing you and feeling nothing but like unconditional support and love. And I think that that's what you probably offer your clients. It's probably what you offer your entire audience. And by probably, I mean, definitely. (laughs) And that's what makes you a really powerful teacher. So, well, and, and I also want to say is I tend to go to a lot of events and things where people are speaking about whether it's wellness or spirituality or health or some kind of self-improvement. Yes. And I would say nine out of 10 times, I don't feel necessarily connected to the person or the message that's being shared. And once, in a blue moon, I see someone standing up there who's not sharing from ego and not sharing from a level of self-import, but a genuine desire to speak truth mm-hmm. and whether it's sexy or not and yep. whether it's going to get people to come back or not or whether right. it's going to get people to buy their book or not right. but just like sharing a level of truth not needing something from the audience and so when that happens which is I'm telling you once 10% of the time yeah, maybe maybe yeah yeah I I relax into myself and like can feel that I get to then like hold a space for someone's such authentic genuine sharing and so you know it's so true to say it takes one to know one because when you say to me oh you probably offer your clients unconditional love and non-judgmental connection yeah 
you maybe see that in me because that's something that you do for every single human being you know. Thank you. Maybe so to much. a fault. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, as I cross my eyes. Um, totally, baby, totally. Um, so I know that we just had like a total love fest, ladies and gents, but um, Ryan, I want you to share what you do, what your mission is, what your intention is, what what you do for us and for you. It's such a good question and such a layered question, and I could probably answer it in 50,000 ways. What I do genuinely Mm -hmm. is for myself. I'm, I'm interested in my journey, and I'm interested in my discovery and my asking the questions of why am I here? What is happening? Why are we alive? Is this real? What is the drama? Why is it so difficult? Why do I hate myself? Why do I love myself? Why do I need to be in relationships with people? Mm. What, you know, what is good for me to eat? What isn't right for me to eat? Like all these questions. And so it's really an exploration, a, a process of discovery for me. And I'm fascinated by that. And I think since I was a very young kid, I asked... I never accepted anything as an absolute truth. And my pa- it drove my parents nuts. Sure. It drove my teachers nuts. Sure. It drove my rabbinical teachers at Hebrew school nuts. Totally. Um, I was the kid that was like, did the Red Sea really split when Moses walked into the ocean? <laughs> yeah. Like, mom, I, at six, I said, mom, do if I stop eating meat, will I die? And she said, no, honey, of course not. And I said, great, then I'm not going to eat meat because it makes no sense to me Mm. that we would kill other feeling creatures to eat them if I don't have to. Right. And, and that's, and I eat meat sometimes now, but but that's just to explain kind of like who I came in as, whereas I looked at a lot of my people around me and they kind of just accept the status quo as is. Yeah. I've never been that person. So that's cool on one hand, because... I've always been hungry to search and to explore and to get to know myself and to get to know others. Yes. But on the other hand, you know, it's that ignorance is bliss. Sometimes I wish, no, I don't really. But sometimes I think, (laughs) oh, how nice would it have been if I could have just stayed in the entertainment industry and kept working at the agency and worked my way up and have this cushion, you know, it would be so much more simple. Yeah. So that's my long way of saying, why do I do what I do? I do for myself in terms of my own exploration. And what I've watched over the last eight years is that my own desire to understand and know myself through pieces of wisdom technology, whether it's yoga, meditation, eating mindfully, um, certain aspects of psychology, studying addiction, um, studying personality disorders or, or behaviors... Um, I've done that because I'm fascinated in understanding myself and what my quiet, dark thoughts are and where all of that comes from. And along the way, it's attracted others to ask me questions about what I've learned. And then really, I just mirror back to them their question and ask them what they, and over time, um, people started hiring me for that. Yeah. And, uh, and, and, and of course, along the way I was offering them, you know, when I did Kundalini yoga teacher training, these are some things that I learned. Here's some techniques that I've learned. Here's some, Oh, what I just heard you say is this sentence. Do you realize that you just said that about yourself? Mm -hmm. Or they say something that they think is an absolute truth about their, where they are in their life. And I get to then question it and say, well, 
you do realize you have control here. What would other options look like? Let's start imagining that. Okay, what steps could you take to make that happen? Just questioning the beliefs that we've come to. So it's the way I've broken myself out of my box. I just naturally am interested in helping other people do that. Not if you just walked up to me on the street, not not necessarily, not friends, but now I have a business yeah. where I help people look at what they think is true for themselves yeah. and question all of it and change what needs to be changed. So Beautiful. that's what I do. And I call it life coaching, which I don't love the term, but there's just no other term for it. Sure. Um, people also know what that is. So mm-hmm. like when you say that's what you are, then people go, oh, okay, I got it. I right. Put, I can put him in that box. Yeah. Some yeah. people say I got it and more and more and more now. Yeah. Eight years ago when I was doing it, nine years so when I first kind of started doing it, yeah. people were like, what the... F-? Nine yeah. out of ten people were like, what does that mean? Yeah. Or would be like, I've heard of that and what the fuck, yeah. you know? Yeah, like really, now yeah. it's like, oh my God, I need one of those, right? Yeah. <laughs> I think people are like yes. much more sensitive, much more opening. Their shells are cracking open. Yes. Hence why they're listening to things like this. Yes. Um, so that's what I do. It happens in the form of one-on-one coaching, retreats, writing. Like you mentioned, the, the morning emails that I send yes. out. Oh my God, you guys... <laughs> if you don't subscribe, it's just wakingupwithryan.com, correct? Mm-hmm. Subscribe to his newsletter because it is... Okay, I, I receive maybe like 30 emails a morning and, and literally at, at least 30 emails a morning. And I will delete 29 out of the 30 and the one that I will save will be Ryan's because I always get something so meaningful from it. And I mean that with every ounce of my being. I read every single one and they're super powerful. So you guys go to wakingupwithryan.com and subscribe. And I think, thank you for saying that. It's just truth. You know, what I'm not, the the more, I've been doing it for about three years, those emails. And, um. Can't wait for the book for it. I mean, what? (laughs) At some point. (laughs) One day. Um, and I'm not trying to be, I'm not, I think a lot of people in the world of wellness are like, they learned from their guru. And so they're supposed to be a guru. They're supposed to know the truth. They're supposed to know exactly what to say. And I hope what I'm expressing in those emails in the mornings is the reminder that there's somebody else out there who is questioning and doesn't really want to get up this morning or doesn't feel so positive about their life or, and sometimes, sometimes I do wake up and I write a super spiritual, you know, elevated thing. But most of the time it's like, yo, this is what I'm challenged with right now. And here's how I'm working to think about it. And what if you try to think about it this way too? And what would it look like to go on that journey with me? Yes. Well, people want, people want to want to see something or read something or hear something that they can relate to. And like perfectionism is really like not that interesting. No. So like we all want to be able to relate in some way and you are so, so relatable. And I love what you're talking about, about the word guru because the word guru is so misunderstood the word guru translates to both student and teacher right and so but but again you look at these people who are like oh no i'm a fucking guru and it's like this like kind of haughty Mm -hmm. like esoteric thing Mm -hmm. that is not tangible Mm -hmm. versus like the actual like i would actually qualify you as a guru because you are so curious because you question everything because that's a student's mind and you're a teacher I think that I think that the thing that scares me is when anybody stands to pretend that they are a gateway yeah. for anybody else's spiritual healing or life or understanding, Bless right? It. Just like Bless it. just like 
a, a rabbi or a priest, yeah. it was like, you have to, in order to get to God, you have to go to the priest, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And that's the guru, in order to get nirvana or under, yeah. whatever, you have to get it through the guru. And, yeah. and that, that, what that means inherently is yeah. that every single human doesn't then right. have that connection, which we all do. Mm-hmm. And so I'm far more interested in helping all of us have some tools or some structure or some willingness or some understanding that like exactly where we are right now is exactly where we're meant to be, to be looking at whatever is manifest, whatever is happening in our life as something that is causing us to ask questions Mm -hmm. and to open and to break apart parts of ourselves that are no longer serving. And if there's a guru, it's life. Life is the guru, yeah. you know? It's constantly offering us opportunities yes. to get to know ourselves better yes. and to get to know what's possible and to get to know our, the parts of ourselves that we maybe want to look at and not be taking with us everywhere. Beautiful. Um, wow. Life is the guru. So when a person yeah. says, I'm, I'm guru, a guru, right? I want to be like, fuck you, man. Yeah. You're doing such a disservice. <laughs> and yeah. I don't want to be like, oh, I'm willing to see your innocence. I want to be yeah. like, fuck you. Yeah. Stop it. Yeah. I want you to delete your Instagram account. Yeah. <laughs> I want you to give the money back to every single person that you've ever worked with. For real, for real. If you're casting voodoo spells on them and you're saying to them, <laughs> you know, I'm the magic and I'm the way, like that is the definition of ego. Yes. Oh, yeah. I've recently very much decreased. Yeah. Like I go on and I'll post something and I'll look yeah. at some stuff that my friends are doing just because, because I do what I do. Instagram, I think shows me a lot of health and wellness people that are doing a lot of that bullshit. Yeah. And I can't, I can't, when I look at it, I actually, it makes me not want to do my work, which is not, which is my ego's response, right? Uh, well, there's so many people out there who are doing this work and, it's such bullshit work with their, you know, and, and then yeah. I'm roped into that. And so I've, I've realized I need to stop looking Yes, yeah, and be more in control of my impulse to like scroll yeah. um, and just focus on me and my work and uh, the people who I get to work with and, and touch. Yeah. Which is huge. Um, and, and we do, we need you. So I hope you continue to do it. Don't let your ego get in there. Cause we, we do, we need you. Um, what are, what, and, or who are some of your teachers? What have you picked up along the way that has really served and stuck? Well, I could go back to like early childhood. Yeah. Um, and, and there were definitely like teachers in school that would see that I was a little different or a little curious and would like hold my hand. And I really, really honor those people. And then in high school, I had a dance teacher named Janet Roston. And she's, I, I, I love her. She's a kook and so great. Yes. And she, um, I remember she used to say, dance is malleable. And so when I, and I was like learning how to choreograph and learning how to produce things and I would get frustrated with stuff. And she would always say, if I brought her a problem and she would be, she would always say, dance is malleable. You can change it. You can change that. You can, it's not a problem. You can change it. If you can change it, it's not a problem. I love it. And then I walked into this dance class and this woman had two live drummers and something came alive inside of me. And it was this woman, Denise Leitner, who still teaches dance here in LA. Yes. And it was like my body 
body was moving me and there was Mm. this something took over and I wasn't somebody who believed in God or in anything beyond myself at that time, except for this experience gave me that experience, that kind of connection to an intelligence beyond my understanding. So I can go back to like my real life teachers in that way. Yes. And then in my adult life, I would say in terms of meditation, there's a man named Adya Shanti, A-D-Y-A-S-H-A-N-T-I, who created something called True Meditation. That's just like an audio thing that you listen to. And it it gave me an understanding of meditation that I really needed. Yeah. Because it took the rules out. It took the structure. And it, and it helped me have an understanding of why do it and what so he's somebody um byron katie has been and the work and questioning our beliefs and recognizing that the only thing that can make us suffer is a thought that we haven't questioned Mm. holy shit i know and then is uh, it true (laughs) right is that true can you really be sure (laughs) that is true (laughs) how do you feel when you believe that thought yeah (laughs) Um, Now let's turn it around. If you guys don't know what we're talking about, go on YouTube and just watch every Byron Katie video out there. Yes. And if you're like me at first, you will have a lot of resistance. So much. So much resistance. No, that can't be right. Right? It's true. It's true. My mom really doesn't listen to me. It's true. Yeah. And I'm like, I understand it's true, but it doesn't benefit you to believe that thought anymore. Right. Right. It will benefit you and it will benefit your relationship with your mother to have a new thought and to practice that thought. But she doesn't listen to I understand. I really understand that that's the truth. But do you want to be a part of changing it? Because if you want to be a part of changing it, then you have to change your thought about it first. And what's just going to change how you show up, which Mm. is going to make you a leader in this experience. And then you will probably start listening to your mom in a way that you've never listened to her. And then all of a sudden there'll be an opening where she starts listening to you because she feels heard by you. And now bam, we've shifted. The whole thing has shifted. Yeah. All because you were willing to give up. So Byron Katie's a big one. Yes, Byron. And then like the mega one for me was Marianne Williamson. Love her. Who I met at a dinner party when I was first. Of course you did, babe. Yeah, it was like, it was crazy. It yeah. was I had no idea who she was. Which you is know. the best way because she probably didn't feel this like guru thing. No, you know, the whole, yeah, a hundred percent. If I met her, I'd be like, oh my god, I'm so grateful. To be right, you know what I mean. She's been in your yeah. life. We've yeah. read her books. You've listened to her things. You watched her on Oprah. Yeah, I didn't have any of that, and That's it was. Great. Let's see. I'm 33 now. I met her at 26. So, what is that? Seven years. Yeah. yeah. Which was like right when I was like kind of had just left entertainment. I wasn't sure what I was going to do next. And was this, you just left like being with the agency or done doing wicked? I did wicked from kind of 19 years old or 20 years old to like 23. Got it. I worked at the agency from 20 from at WME. Well, it was Endeavor and then it became WME while I was working there. Got it. From 20, I guess like 23 to 24. Five, okay. and then 25 to 26 and a half, I worked, I ran development at a production company um, where I was doing like TV and film development. Of course you did. And then um, it, was, it was a good job. I worked for these yeah. guys, Craig Zayden and Neil Marin, who Great. like if anyone watched the Jesus Christ Superstar, that was this the live one. Any yes. of those live musicals, like they do all of that. They did Great. Chicago and Hairspray and The Bucket List. And, oh, great. Um, so, uh, and... It was while I was working for them that I kind of had this like mass shift, awakening, opening inside myself. And I was like, I have to follow this. Yes. I have to see what this is all about. Yes. Um, and so, yeah. And, and around that time, I met Marianne at a dinner party. And she really, you know, 
I was doing Course in Miracles and I was doing the study of Course in Miracles. And um, that has been my, that's been my main teacher, yeah. that text, yeah. um, which for anyone who's not familiar is super dense, yeah. super difficult to kind of like wrap your brain around at first. Oh, yeah. Um, but once you get through that year of like the text, which is 700 pages and then 365 lessons, it, it, it works, it, it works on you. It's got its own intelligence. And the whole point is like the very first lesson has you look around any room that you're in and look and find objects. So whatever your eyes land on. And so you would say that door isn't real, that, uh, air conditioning duct isn't real. That light bulb isn't real. That mm. lamp isn't real. And it's just asking you to start, you know, and for those of you listening, you might be like, what the fuck? Of course it's real. I can right. touch it. I can feel like it. Sure. Um, but in, in, and each lesson unfolds over time to help us understand that every single thing that we see mm. is painted by the experience of our life. And so we're not actually witnessing anything as it truly is. Yeah. We're witnessing everything as it has been taught to us mm-hmm. as it is. Through that lens. Through the lens. And most of us, so, a.k.a. 100% of us, <laughs> experience yeah. some form of trauma in our childhood. Moments where we were unloved, unsupported, not seen, pushed down, held down, told mm. we weren't good enough, told we weren't pretty enough, told we were too, we were too fat, too fat, too fat, fat, told we were too this, told we'd never succeed. Yes. And the world fed us, not to mention a marketing machine that was feeding us from very young ages about how you're not enough and therefore buy this thing so you can become so enough. You can be enough, yeah. And all of that built our understanding of who we are and what the world is, AKA that's the information that feeds what we believe is possible or impossible for us. Right. So every choice we're making on a day-to-day basis, which is thousands of mini choices, all of which make up our life is built on how we understand ourselves. Right. And so, so the course was helping me to, to get to know my thoughts and get to know what I believe so that I could witness them as, as opposed to just believing them all the time. Right. Right. How perfect for you with this curious mentality that you've had mm. since childhood. Mm. Like, perfect. Mm. I love that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Beautiful. And for anyone who is kind of going, oh, that's really interesting. Yeah. Um, there are some books that are kind of like Cliff Notes versions about it. Do like it. Marianne Williamson's book, A Return to Love. Yes. Like The Disappearance of the Universe. The Disappearance of the Universe by a guy named Gary Renard. Yes. Um, so I would highly recommend reading one of those. Yeah. Spe- like Return to Love is just such a beautiful book. So beautiful. Which, of course, launched Oprah's Book Club. And, of course it did. Um, Marianne, you're fierce. Marianne, you're fierce. Uh, I just recommend kind of like reading one of those before you dive in. Okay. I love that. Um, and then as far as like you, do you have any specific practice? Well, first of all, let me talk about your practices. Like what are your daily rituals that help keep you grounded so that you can show up in the way that you need to show up? Yeah. Um, my morning practice Mm -hmm. is everything for me. Yeah. Um, which consists of immediately, immediately, as soon as I become aware I'm awake, I don't talk to my partner yeah. <laughs> unless we do this together, which we yeah. do sometimes. Sorry, baby. Um, <laughs> uh, 
I go immediately into gratitude, right? Because right. if you think about it, we've been sleeping hopefully for about eight hours, nine hours, whatever, hopefully. Yes. And now you're awake. So it's the first moment of your day yes. that you are intentionally or have the opportunity to intentionally choose your thoughts. Yes. So instead of diving into your phone, diving into the news, diving into your life, your responsibilities, your kids or whatever, yeah. which is an externalized force, which will impress upon you certain thoughts and beliefs, sure. which of course you're going to choose because you get wrapped up in its reality. And you're not going to realize it. Instead of doing that first, what if you intentionally choose thoughts that are on a preferential level that you actually would prefer, that you would actually feed you mm. to get your trajectory, your energy for the day started on that level? Beautiful. So that's why I do a gratitude practice. So right away, I am grateful for, and I just fill in the blank silently to myself, I'm grateful for this breath. I am grateful for the roof over my head. I am grateful for the comfort of my bed. Mm. I'm grateful for the love of my partner and my dogs. Mm. I'm grateful for the health of my body. Yes. I'm grateful that I live in a, in a city where I have running water. Yes. I'm grateful that there's food in my refrigerator. I'm grateful that that person just picked up my trash. Mm. I'm grateful that we have so much going for us. Yes. You know, if you're listening to this podcast right now, it doesn't matter. I'm, and I don't mean to discount what you have going on because I know there are a lot of people who are in deep suffering and I have suffering of my own. Of course. And it is absolutely vital and important, especially when you're in the depths of your suffering, yes. to recognize everything that is working for you, which oh there God. is so much. There are so many examples of it. Amen. And it's really easy when we're in a dark place to lose sight Completely. It's yeah. like, what do you mean there's great, there's good things happening for me? And I totally right. feel you and I totally accept that it might seem, may seem impossible yeah. to find examples of what is working for you. Yeah. But um, they exist. Of course. And so the gratitude practice helps me to train myself to start seeing them. Yes. So I do my gratitude practice. Then I ask the questions which come from A Course in Miracles and I ask them of life with a capital L of intelligence, creativity, divinity, God, whatever you want to call it. Beautiful. Um, I ask it the following questions. Where would you have me go? What would you have me do? What would you have me say and to whom? And essentially what I'm doing is offering my willingness mm -hmm. to say to a divinity beyond my understanding or an intelligence, a network yes. of brilliance. Yes. I'm just saying, hey, Instead of me being the only one in charge of my thoughts and actions today, I would love to create the space for you to guide my steps, to guide my words, to guide, to bring people into my life who you would have me meet. And beautiful, it makes life fascinating because we see, when we're asking to see, we see, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. And when we're not asking to see, we don't. Yeah. And, um. Yeah. You can tweet, tweet that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so I ask those questions. Then um, I do a cat-cow, like a, a cat-cow practice. Mm -hmm. Like we're all just repeat. If you don't know cat-cow, I'm sure you can just like YouTube it. Yeah, totally. Um, or pretty soon I have a limited podcast series coming out called Break Up With Your Bullshit. Yes, with I can't wait. Kelsey Patel and I. And Beautiful. one of the things on the back end that you can get is a series of videos where she teaches Reiki and EFT. What? Yeah, and I teach Dope. the morning practice and the guided visualization and stuff. Great. Um, so the morning practice will all be on there. Great. But I do three physical 
movement postures. One's a cat cow, one's a twisting thing with a breath, and one's a breath of fire. Cool. And that, so that's the first five minutes of my day. Isn't it amazing that it only takes five minutes? And five minutes. it sets you up for such a powerful experience? Mm-hmm. Wow. So that's, that practice is absolutely irreplaceable. Yeah. My meditation practice. Beautiful. Um, how, how long in general do you meditate for? 20 minutes. That's great. Um, and that practice is another non-negotiable for me. Yes. Um, even though I try to negotiate with it Every single day. All the time. Me too. Every single day. Yeah, of course. And you know what? Let's be real. There are plenty of days that I don't do it. Yep. Totally. Truth time. Truth time, right? Yeah. Um, but what I do know is that meditation, if you think about life, we are constantly experiencing stimulus in the form of interactions with people mm-hmm. or... Uh, things happening to us. There's constant stimulation happening. Digital appendages. Mm-hmm. Digitally <laughs> and analog. Yeah. There's constant. Um, there's constant stimulus. Yeah. And a stimulus happens to us, and what happens? We think a thought about it. Mm-hmm. We believe that thought, and then we react accordingly. Yes. So constantly, we're literally in this action, reaction, action, reaction, action, reaction, and we wonder why we feel so fucking out of control of our life. Right. Right. Because right. we believe the first thought that happens yeah. and we act on it. Reactivity. Right. And so, and, and by the way, we have a library filled with information about why our belief is correct and why our response is correct. Because he said this or she did that and he did it. Yep. And so we believe and we have good reason to believe of that we're right. Right. Sure. And that we should defend ourselves in that way or that we should say whatever it is. Um, and that's. You know, if you're awake for 16 hours a day, that's what you're doing for 16 hours. You're experiencing something, you're having a thought about it, and then you're reacting to it, which then creates something else, which then you have a thought about, and then you're reacting to it. Exhausting. The reason I meditate is because meditation, which I learned from Adi Ashanti, who I mentioned earlier. Amazing. he, He says true meditation is the practice of letting everything be as it is without needing to change it. So what he's saying is it's the practice of allowing the stimulus to happen. Yeah. A thought, a feeling, uh, a sound outside of your room. Yes. Allowing those things to happen and not doing anything about them. Not reacting. Yes. Right? Because you're sitting. So you say, I'm sitting for 20 minutes. I'm not getting up. So I had the thought that I was supposed to send that text message, but I'm not doing anything about it. I had the thought that, you know, oh my God, I can't believe she said that to me earlier, but I'm not doing it. And by the way, I can't believe she said that to me earlier. Sometimes the reaction is, I'm going to call her. I'm going to write her an email. Sometimes the reaction is, I'm going to go eat a donut. Right. Right. Sometimes the reaction is, I'm going to go masturbate. Sometimes the reaction is, I need a drink. Sometimes the reaction is, so, right? Because it's like, oh, I don't want to feel that discomfort inside of me. How do I, what what can I do to fill the space? Yes. So instead of reacting in meditation, we sit, let things happen. Yes. And let them be as they are. Yeah. And so that 20 minutes where I just let the thought happen, let it be as it is without reacting to it, or let the sound happen, or let the pain happen, or let the thing, whatever it is, yeah. it's my practice so that later in the day, when something happens, I can be aware of what happens inside myself, yes. the feelings that arrive, the beliefs that arise, sensations, and then I have some choice mm. as to whether, because there's space, yeah. I'm aware. Yeah, you so now I have time. choice 
of do I do I react? Do I believe this thought? Yeah. The first thought that arose, which typically is the egoic thought, right? Of course, the miracle says right. the ego speaks first and the ego speaks loudest. Yes. Right? Beautiful. So that's why I don't meditate so that I can have a... No- I can't stand when people are like, I had the best meditation this morning. Right. I'm like, really? Because I was sitting there listening to all these crazy thoughts. Yeah. And, and it was not that dreamy. No. And I didn't <laughs> go into like a state of bliss. And yeah. I'm not going to deny that that's possible. But Totally. But I didn't, you know, I don't know what's a great meditation. Yeah. Fuck that exactly. noise. Yeah. But a, to me, a great meditation is one that gives me an opportunity later in the day yeah. to have some sense of ownership yeah. of my experience so that I'm not a victim to my thoughts and I'm not a victim to my beliefs, which are 90% coming from fear. And self-hatred disguises self-love. Right. See, this is why I wanted you on this show. <laughs> um, when it comes to you, some clients that you coach, are there any like overriding things that people really want to focus on? And if so, what do you offer them as tools or what do you offer them as, I mean, of course, I'm sure it depends on the person, but like, mm-hmm. are there any kind of general things? Yeah. One thing that comes up and I was actually talking with somebody that I work with this morning about it. And this person said to me, you should call yourself a confrontation coach. And I was like, that's such an interesting way. I said, why do you think that? And this person said, because every time I come to you with something I have going on, first, you help me process it to understand what's going on inside myself, to understand why I'm feeling what I'm feeling. And then you help me to figure out what I should say, what I should do to actually cause a solution and also to express my feelings in a way that's healthy and in a way that is confrontational. And then you make me do it. I role play with the person so that because it's not enough for me to just say okay here's what you're gonna say right then we role play it and then they do it and then I check in with them afterward Uh, and I'm like okay on a level of like one being like nervous anxious and doubting and shaky voice to 10 being like assertive and powerful and confident and clear and expressive yeah where'd you fall on that yeah right and then they have an opportunity to look at themselves oh this time I was like at a seven And that was cool because now I have evidence that like I can work to an eight, I can work to, or they say, you know, I was at a three, but like I'm working on it. And I can be like, great, this is fucking new shit for you. None of us learned how to communicate our truth, you know? So the tools. Be a good girl. Yeah. Be a good girl. And what does that mean to be a good girl? Yeah, exactly. And be a man. Uh Yeah, exactly. Be a man. Yeah, Mm -hmm. 100%. Mm -hmm. I mean, we were told those things. Mm -hmm. We weren't told how to communicate effectively and speak Mm -hmm. our truth. And Mm -hmm. when really, like, when we do, quote unquote, confront someone, like, we're offering them a fucking gift. Huge. Like, that's a gift. Huge. Let me show you how you actually are, like, reacting to me and I'm reacting to you. Let me show you this. And can I do that in a way that's not offensive? Yes. It's like the whole brutally honest thing. Like, I don't want to be a brutal anything. Right. It's a gift. Right. So learning how to communicate in those moments. So I guide my people through a series of steps so that they can construct the conversation. Mm. And this is something that I have 
worked on myself. So now when I have a confrontation with somebody, yeah. once I've checked in with myself to understand what's coming up for me, maybe I do some writing about it, kind of like, because everything that happens is an opportunity for self-reflection and for yeah. like, what is that child in me that got wounded that's believing blah, 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 that is coming up right now and needs yeah. some help. Yeah. Then once I do that, then now I'm in a place personally where I don't even have to think about these steps and yeah. it just happens naturally. The first step is to start with an apology which for most people is really, really difficult because typically if there's a confrontation that needs to happen, our belief is that it's the other person's fault. Yes. Even if it's the other person's fault, 99% of it is their fault, let's say. Yeah. Our job, as Marianne Williams says, is to look at our 1%. Great. Because we will not grow without looking at our own stuff, right? The problem with with not taking responsibility for for what happens is that we have no control to change it. Wow. If everything is their fault all the time, and I think about some people in my life, and you and I have talked about some people in our lives, everything is everybody else's fault all the time. And it's like, I see a pattern. I see a pattern. You were involved with all those people. Yeah, what was the one? Right, you were the one common denominator in all those situations. Yeah. So the first thing is to take some responsibility. That doesn't mean blame yourself, but it means to find something that you can, that you can own in the situation and apologize. And what that does is it is it it offers. It offers some of your grace. It mm-hmm. offers like a, it expresses to the other person that you're having this conversation to find a solution, right? Because most of the time when we have an issue with somebody, we go into the conversation, we don't realize it, but we're going into the conversation to prove how we're right yeah. and to prove how they're wrong. <laughs> yeah. And that will never bring yeah. about a solution. Never. Ever. Even if the other person goes, you know what? You're right. You're right. You're right. I'm wrong. Yeah. That's not a solution because nope. they're just trying to like avoid it and and then it's just gonna uh, but uh what is it but it's ugly head again in another situation or they're gonna fight back because if i start a conversation with you by blaming attacking telling you everything that you did wrong are you gonna listen with an open heart Certainly not. Certainly not. Yeah. You're gonna feel attacked, even if I'm right. Right. You're gonna feel attacked. And so what are you gonna do when you're attacked? You defend. So you shut, you shut down, you put up a wall, you put up your shield and you're no longer able to hear me because you're now hearing the thoughts in your own head about whatever your experience of what I'm saying is or about how terrible you are or about how terrible I am or whatever. Right. But there are a few people I really, really want to listen to this. And so, but (laughs) if I start with taking some ownership, I'm helping to, I'm hope I'm helping you diffuse the bomb that your ego is trying to set off inside of you. Yeah. Right. I'm, I'm, I'm helping both of us have a connection, a something in common, a communion, right? A real connection to say soul to soul. We have an assignment here to work on, you know, and I may not say those words to you because you may be like, what the fuck are you talking about? I'm not interested. But so I start with an apology. Great. Then I speak from first person about my experience. Hey, I want to share with you how I'm feeling right now. You know, I feel, I feel so whatever, you know, whatever the situation is, I'm, I'm noticing that I'm feeling, yeah, I'm feeling upset. And I'm feeling unseen or whatever it is. And and you can talk about the situation without saying, when you did this and when you did this and when you did this, I leave the word you out of it. I love that. And I just speak about my experience. And then at the end of that, I make some version of an ask, 
right? Great. So, you know, what I would love would be if we could... Da, 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 da. Or if if when something like this happens in the future, you could da 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 da. Yeah. And then I ask the question, how do you feel about that? Or what do you think about all of this? So now we're having a conversation. Right. It's not guaranteed that the other person is going to join you in that conversation. Of course. But I have to be responsible for my side of the street. Right. And if they're not available for that level of conversation, that's information. Exactly. Right. That's information for you. And you get to know, okay, I tried to show up in my best, in my, in my, in as best I could. Yeah. And everything that happened as a result is information. So, so I think that key, if we could learn how to communicate with each other. Yeah. So much. So much fear, separation, hatred could be dismantled, right? If I could understand the person on the other side of the aisle and be willing to have a conversation with them, if I could have a conversation with my my enemy or wh- whatever it is, someone who doesn't agree, someone who's different, or whatever, mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely, mm-hmm. yeah. I think the healing begins with the inclusion, mm-hmm. not the rebuffing. Yeah, and that's so beautiful. And I'll say one other thing, which Please. is. We, I think it also helps us to see that the people in our life who are creating, and you know, it's interesting. You said to me, we were talking about somebody um, that you were experiencing a challenge with. And yeah. you said, God, he's such a teacher for me. Yeah. And I've heard you say that. She's such a teacher for me. He's yeah. such a teacher for me. Yes. And that kind of, that approach is so beautiful because the people who bring confrontation or, 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 or um, conflict yes. into our life in they're 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 hitting a uh, anyone who's pushing our buttons yeah you know and we tend to blame the person who's pushing our buttons right but my question for that per- if your buttons getting pushed or if my buttons getting pushed my question for myself is how long has that button been there? Right. You know, did Oof. that person who's pushing your button, yes. did they create that button for you? Or has that button been there mm. for a very, very long time? Right. They're pushing it, which means you could see it as, oh my God, they're pushing my button, which is helping me see that I have a button. And resolved. now yeah. I get a choice. Yeah. Do I blame you and get upset with you for pushing my button and waste time in that land of right. reality? Or do I look at myself and go, Oh my God, I have a button (laughs) and I got to do something about this button because it's just going to get pushed by that person and somebody else and somebody else until I heal it. Right. What's the button? Where'd the button come from? What are modalities that I can work to heal that button? What does healing the button look like? How long is it going to take to heal the button? Is it possible that it's a whole lifetime? Is it possible this button showed up when I was, before I was even born? You know, right. like, right. where did the button come from? My mom, from my grandma? Like, yeah. where did this, what is the belief that caused this button? Right. right? And, um, that is the gift of the conflicts that we experience is, Oh my God, this is exposing for me something that I'm holding on to, something that I need to heal. So beautiful. Thank you so much for that. And, and yeah, you and I have had some very powerful conversations about our teachers and that's, that's where it's at. I love that, that, um, I believe it is A Course in Miracles, the quote, would you rather be right or would you rather be happy? I don't think it's A Course in Miracles, but, but I, but I do, I, I think that, um, maybe it's kind of paraphrased from something. Sure. It's it's the, it's the idea. Yeah, Yeah. it is. And it's like, it's that rightness versus like 
this isn't, again, it's like that unresolved issue. Like, you're just going to repeat it. The Course in Miracles says that every thought that lacks love is an attack. Mm. And it also says that anytime you judge another, no matter what, mm. you are to see an axe coming down on their head. Ooh. And then to see the very same axe falling on your own. Because an idea, an idea never leaves its source, right? So when any thought we have and we think is, you know, it's like that old thing, you're rubber, I'm glue, whatever you say bounces off of me and sticks to you, whatever it is. It's that. It's like your thought, you're literally projecting, you're throwing it on to somebody else because you don't want to look at it within yourself, right? But even when you're thinking about somebody else, there's only one of us here. So I'm ultimately thinking of it thinking it about myself. Right. Pardon, I burped. Please. (laughs) Humanness. Part of embodiment. Um, Well, I can't believe we've already been chatting for almost 45 minutes. So we got to get to the rapid fire round. Okay. Because I know that you have actually a coaching client. Mm -hmm. (laughs) He's got a jam. So I'm just going to ask you this or that. And you just say which one you prefer. Okay. Because I just want people to know you. Okay. Rapid fire round. Coffee or tea? Coffee. Introvert or extrovert? Both. I know. Yes. Ambivert. Um, yoga, asana, or seated meditation? Both. Yes! <laughs> Sex or sleep? Both. <laughs> I'm sorry. No. Okay, guys, I live in a world of possibility. Yeah. I love it. Infinite, infinite. Um, bourbon or wine? Wine. Beautiful. New York or LA? In LA now, but New York for moments. Love it. Ebook or hard copy? Ebook. Uh, shower or bath? Bath. Milk or dark chocolate? Dark chocolate. Phone call or text? Phone call. Intelligence or humor? They're the same thing. Amen. Thank you for that. (laughs) Money or fame? Neither. (laughs) Yes! I'm obsessed with you. Okay, last question. My love, what is this? So this show, I I choose guests that I find to be just profoundly epic at whatever they do. And so I want to know what your version of an epic life is. What does that look like? What does that mean? An epic life to me... is one that can see the opportunity of Mm. being alive. I love that. Yeah. Like the opportunities that come with everything we're experiencing, like the deeper, the, 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 the more we can zoom out and watch you know, watch what's happening yes. and watch the experiences as opposed to only being so stuck inside of them, mm-hmm. right? Like watching our body as opposed to just being the body. Right. So um, Yeah. That's beautiful. Yeah. How can everybody connect to you? Um, I love the Instagram. The it's gram. Waking up with Ryan on Instagram. Please. And that's, do yourself a solid, guys. Get involved. That's that. And uh, I love you very much. I love you. I want to acknowledge you for being... Uh, a beautiful teacher, a beautiful friend, a gorgeous soul, a beautiful partner, a beautiful dog parent, um, and just an open heart. Thank I love you, you so love. much. I love you too. This is so fun. So good. You guys, thank you so much for tuning in today. What an absolute gift. Uh, 
please do connect to me. I would love to hear from you. You can find me on Instagram. You can find me on Facebook, um, social media in general at Alexa Silvaggio. And if you do have a second, I would be super grateful if you left us a review on iTunes. Why? Well, because that actually makes us more visible to everyone. And I'm all about spreading the good stuff, right? Spreading the goods, getting the word out because I want us all to benefit. I want us all to feel good. I want us all to thrive. So this is your gentle reminder, my love, to go out there and create an epic life. All my love. Oh, 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 oh,